What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Betty, what's up, man? Whole bunch of nothing, man, trying to dodge the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, me too. Shit, they got me out here traveling during this crisis. <laughs> uh, you know, but according to life, according to the statistics, ain't no black people got this thing yet. We might be immune to this bitch, so who knows? That's what they say. That's what they want you to believe. Yeah, now nah, I'm not <laughs> believing anything they say. But uh, how many black people? Know. How many black people going to the doctor to get tested for the coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> it's just a cold. People just. I mean, theoretically, for the flu, you really don't have to go to the doctor. You just got to kind of let it pass. You need to go get some theraflu or some shit. So. They are rapidly canceling events across the world, uh, sporting events, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, means very little to uh, life. But they are certainly, um, at the moment, canceling any and everything or um, closing off arenas. Um, The NBA has come together and decided that they aren't going to let the media in the locker rooms. Yeah, it's going to be just essential personnel in the locker rooms. I guess you can't go get your... Your interviews in the locker room, but I mean, how important is that shit? Um, what about the eighty? Or how many? How many people fit in these stadiums? The forty-five thousand people, twenty thousand people that are coming to the games that are right on top of them. Well, that's the that's the next step. They're supposed to be having a meeting on Wednesday, and they're talking about only letting essential personnel in the arena. And LeBron's like, "Shit, I only come to play for the fans. If it ain't no fans here, I ain't playing." Yeah, I'd like he he's gonna play. You think? Yeah, I mean, I mean they got the number one seed locked up. You don't have to. I mean, play. yeah, so it works <laughs> out for him, but they're not going for that, you know. And at the end of the day, he's not gonna risk that number one seed if they have to forfeit these games and take these automatic L's. You are gonna see his ass playing in empty arenas. Man, you know how weird it's gonna be to be playing a game in an empty arena. It's gonna, oh, like it's gonna throw practice. them off. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, like it's gonna throw them off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. Um, it's serious. It's you know I don't want to downplay it because you know people are out here losing losing their lives to it. But um, what do you think about it? I mean, should the should the NBA postpone? Should they cancel? Should they just you know do what they're thinking about and play in empty arenas? I mean, that seems like the best solution too much money to postpone or cancel you I mean you still on the schedule you still got tv contracts uh, so i doubt that they cancel anything just because of the tv contracts we both know tv contracts is what make this shit go you know what i mean so they can't mm-hmm. because of the playoff schedule they got to end the season by a certain time they got to get the playoffs started by a certain time so i don't even think ending the season is an option the weird thing about the coronavirus is i don't think that the virus is that bad Per se, it's the spread of it. They can't contain the spread of the virus because it's just so contagious and it's airborne. So you get one person in a stadium with, with the corona, and you might have a whole stadium with the corona by the time you leave. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I really don't with, know how you how you, how you fix it. Can we start calling it with the corona? <laughs> with the corona. Oh, the boy got the corona. The boy got that corona, man. Keep him away from me. Got, can we keep it the sugars? What uh, the, the um the fucked up part about it is it's airborne. So theoretically, if someone in the stadium got it, the players can get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, but you used to love The Walking Dead. Ain't this how it started? Yes. And this is where we at? Some mysterious virus to get it popping. You know what I mean? Uh, so you know, I'm always on high alert. Um, and I already don't like touching people as it is. So, this is why but let I me don't tell you like something. going to sporting events and places with mass gatherings of people. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, though. American Airlines, y'all motherfucking suck. So, I was in Tampa, and I was supposed to be at a work event, but I didn't go. I had some other things happening. And uh, I was like, yo, let me go ahead and try and fly out Friday night instead of Saturday morning. So, I call them. I'm like, yo, two people have been confirmed with coronavirus. I'm trying to get out of here. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We'll put you on this flight. You'll go home at four in the morning. I was like, okay, bet. That's fine. And they're like, yeah, it's going to cost you 200 bucks to uh, to transfer. I was like, wait, 
y'all ain't waving this during coronavirus time? They're like, no, only if you booked your ticket in March. <laughs> in I was March. like, <laughs> I was like, bitch, it's March 5th. What, what do you mean? Like, you know, and just so fuck American Airlines, man. Y'all, y'all dirty. You greedy. Yeah, and I, I hope I don't got the damn coronavirus. Yeah, had a bad experience on American, too. My least favorite airline. Well, let's get into this Kenny Atkinson news, man. You know, that's your guy. You gave him all the praises last year. Thought he was the best coach in the NBA. You know what I mean? And they let his ass go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently it was mutual, though. Apparently he said um, he didn't want to coach Kyrie and KD. Um, I think he got a little taste of, of uh, what it was like uh, with just Kyrie. Um, and, you know, and the effect that it had on his players, I think he's more interested in developing players like a Karis LeVert, like a Spencer Dinwiddie, like a D'Angelo Russell, like a Jared Allen. That's his track record. Um, they got to the playoffs with his system that somehow was not being played when Kyrie was in the game. Um, but magically, when he's not playing, they run his system. They tend to win games or at least be close. Um, not, he just didn't want to put up with that shit anymore. He's like, yo, you know what? If this is my life, I'm out. Yeah, for everything I read, it sounds like the Nets were the Nets were perfectly okay with like keeping him and trying to work this out. And he was like, "Nah, fuck this. Let me go now. This is not gonna work. This is not a tenable situation. This is not what I signed up for." I mean, I understand, man. You got him. He did all the work when they had nothing. When the cover was bare, developing players, turning it into a winning organization and a winning culture. And then you get a big free agency with Kyrie and KD, two babies with egos, and they come in there and just think they know everything because they won championships on the backs of great players, such Mm -hmm. as the Golden State Warriors and LeBron saying that it's not a championship atmosphere. Everything I hear is, man, they didn't like, not only, it wasn't even about the development, because of course if you got Jared Allen, you're supposed to start him, and DeAndre Jordan is supposed to be helping him along. Well... The fact that DeAndre Jordan got benched and was supposed to be starting because he came in with those two, that was a problem. They didn't like the spread the ball around offense. They wanted a hierarchy of players who should be taking the shots. Um, It's even shit coming out now saying Kevin Durant didn't even like Golden State system. He only did it just to get a title. But he hated that ball movement, that ball movement type, anybody best shot type scenario. So, I mean, I'm glad Atkinson got out of there, man. It, that just wasn't a situation. I think it's going to fail. I mean, I think you think it's going to fail. I just don't think it's going to be a good situation all around. The KD part, I'd have to hear it from him or someone that's close to him. Because, I mean, that doesn't sound like him. Because the one thing about K- the difference between KD and Kyrie is <clears throat> KD just wants to hoop. He loves to hoop. That's who he is. And he's going to play in different systems. Uh, that was the whole attraction to Golden State. Yeah, but Kyrie's say, not that way. You say that, but. The longer he was in Golden State, the more it became ISO to KD and not all that ball moving and screening. Now, when he first got there, that's what he was doing. That's why everybody was amazed. He wasn't just standing at the top of the key asking for the ball. He was cutting through. He was passing. Shit was amazing. Like you said, that first season he was there was probably the best Golden State team that you've seen. Slowly but surely, it just came to give me the ball down in the post and let me go one-on-one. So I don't know that he was okay with it because he didn't do it in OKC. He only did it in Golden State because that was their system. And even there, the more and more they went on with the season, the more and more it was just get a ball to KD and get out the way. So you don't think – you think Kenny Agson probably was looking around. And like I said, KD and Kyrie didn't really come to bat for him. Like, oh, we really wanted this dude. But you don't think he called Brad Stevens or Billy Donovan was like – or, you know, Scotty Brooks and was like, yo, what's it like? Coaching KD. What's but, it like coaching Kyrie? But you assume that he had any say in the matter. He's just a coach. He ain't Sean Martin. No, 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 no. I, just, <laughs> I mean just recently before he made this decision. And I'm sure them coaches oh, yeah. like, man, if you can get out of there, I'd get the fuck out of there. And he's probably like, yeah, I'm going to take that. I mean, they're not going to... You know, they're not going to play my players. This shit's going down it, like a like a, like a a ship. Um, I'm out. So... It, yeah, they definitely would have hurt his brand. I mean, he has a... He has a brand. He has a style of play, and I mean, it's shown it works. I mean, they're mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And he's pretty much got the pick of the litter with you know with the jobs that are going to come open. There's there's you know supposed to be eight to ten jobs that are going to open up this summer, which seems like a real high amount. But I mean, whatever comes available. I know there's there's rumors of him to the Knicks because of uh, homeboy. Leon you know, it's the same agent. Yeah, Leon Rose is the same agent. All that kind of stuff. Um, but. But if I were him, I'd want to avoid that, too. I wouldn't. I mean, that seems like 
the perfect hire for the Knicks. I mean, Atkinson, he's a coach that develops players. That team is full of young talent, young players that would listen to him, that would be ready to take on that style. No stars, no divas. You know what I mean? And then That's why I want to see him in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, he would work in New Orleans, too. That, that would be a great fit because, you know, they, they would – that they're already kind of doing that style. I don't think any of those players would have a problem. They're already doing a lot of ball sharing and moving the ball. If you had a choice, I mean, of course you go to New Orleans. But I think just being there in New York, New York has all those assets. I mean, young, talented team. You don't got to move. You're already there. It just seems like a no-brainer for the Knicks. Yeah, but there's a lot that's going to open up. You look at Philadelphia's probably going to open up. You look at yeah, Chicago's probably going to go to a Philadelphia. That's the same problems he was leaving. Maybe. Um, you got a Chicago that's probably going to open up. You got you know cheap management that don't go out and yeah. get players. They don't pay people. Nope, you're not going to yeah. go there. I mean, I mean, New Orleans is definitely going to be the most coveted position if they let go of Alvin Gentry, which all reports seem like they're probably going to. If he, he you been know, gone. <laughs> yeah, they're not making the playoffs. So, which now, now, isn't necessarily his fault. I don't know but. about that though. We'll get into that later. I don't. I still don't know about that. Shit, they five games out there not making the playoffs. They're four games out with the easiest. We'll get into it though. Um, um, all reports yeah, so, is that Kyrie wants Ty Lue. People just want more of the same. You want a puppet, somebody that's going to run that that offense to just let you hold the ball. But the thing about it is we've talked about this before. I think that's trouble for them because everybody in the East, the good teams in the East, they all do that ball movement. They move the ball, play hard defense, and that's the one thing I think they're going to struggle with whenever, even next year when they come back. I mean, of course, if KD's at full strength, he's going to be a problem. But now he's going to be going against Giannis. On a, uh, you could be playing against Siakam. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit deeper. Uh, they play defense in the East. They they move the ball a lot. And that one-on-one play, it's, I just don't see it working. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm 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 a seller of the Nets. Trust me. I'm I'm not I, I buy no stock in them with KD and Kyrie. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy who probably doesn't even want to be there if he's not going to start. He said that plenty of times. Uh, he took, wanted to be moved during trade deadline. Took the money, though. Can't yeah. The money. I mean, but you have to. No one's going to turn it down. Um, I think my biggest problem with this report was that, number one, KD's saying it, going and asking, is this a championship culture while he's sitting on the bench? And Kyrie's complaining but can't stay healthy on the court. Like, you're not even playing. How are y'all criticizing what he's doing? You're in the playoffs. I know they're under 500. But how are you criticizing a coach that is keeping them above water? Karis LeVert was hurt for most of the season. KD's been out all the season. Um, Kyrie's been up and down even when he's playing. And he's the ball dominant and don't run the system when he's in there. So all this is over what? DeAndre Jordan? I don't, I don't really get it. Like, he's keeping them above water. It could be a lot worse. He's essentially playing without their two biggest free agents, and they lost D'Angelo Russell. And they're complaining. I don't get it. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure Atkins called around, saw the situation, and just got a taste. If this was a taste of what he's going to have to deal with next year, he was probably like, you know what? I'm not the man for this job. Yeah. Um, I mean, more power you know. to him. Now. I hope I, I wish him much success. I think that he can be in that elite class of coaches that we talk about: Eric Spoelstra, Brad Stevens, Greg Popovich. I think he has Quinn what Snyder. It takes. Quinn Snyder. I think he has what it takes. He just has to get an organization that's behind him and a young team like the Knicks or New Orleans, like we talked about. Uh, I think those would be both good moves. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, you watched Lakers Clippers game yesterday? I did. I did. It was a good game, man. I think that the It was. I think that the Lakers fanned and the are getting a little bit ahead of themselves cuz they got a win and everyone's excited like, "Oh, the Lakers back. They dominated." Chill. It's one game. I mean, the Lakers are dominating. If you say they're not, you're wrong. Nah, um, they're, the they're way they 11. beat the hell out of Milwaukee before that, you know, they 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 pretty much dominated the game yesterday. I know the score was close, but once it got to nut crunching time, I mean, the Lakers really took over that game. Um, They're eleven and one in their last twelve, so don't get me wrong. And in that, in that, they've beaten the Clippers, they've beaten the Bucks, they beat the Sixers, they beat the Zion matchup, of course. Um, they lost twice. to Memphis. The only team that they've lost to is Memphis, but they also beat Memphis. They beat Boston and they beat Denver. So don't get me wrong; they've been dominant. I'm not talking about that. I'm specifically talking about that Clippers game. They had a good game against the Clippers, but I think it's also that the Clippers weren't really at their best. I don't trust that those role players are going to be that dependable in the playoffs. See, I'm the exact opposite for the Clippers. I I think that 
I don't trust. I mean, you look at a guy like Marcus Morris, that motherfucker ain't passing the ball at all. If it touches his hands, he was one for 11 or something crazy like that yesterday, and he, ref- I mean, he ain't having it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but, but he's not essential. I mean, that shit ain't gonna ride in the playoffs. I mean, Everybody he is because they, they Paul Paul George is as inconsistent as they come, and that game yesterday was a perfect example of it. He had what? Like thirty one. Yeah, but he had seventeen in the first half and had two points in the first quarter, or excuse me, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know. But but when he was, I said that same shit when he was with Westbrook, and you didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's how. That's what Paul George is. Paul George can go through a whole playoff game and have two points. Yeah. Like he's and. <laughs> And, you know, and so the Clippers ain't built like, you know what I mean? Patrick Beverly, yeah, he's a dog. He's a dude you want on your team. He's a defensive matchup. Um, but if he ain't got on offense, he's worthless at, at I mean, certain you're, times. I mean, you're also discounting. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. That's one loss. And that, in the last seven games, the Clippers are also 6-1. and one. You know what I'm saying? They right, do, right, 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 right. It's but not what I'm like they're is just The Clippers were at full strength yesterday, and it's not like, you know what I mean? And Paul George was balling. Uh, Kawhi was being Kawhi, but they just got no help for anywhere else. And what the Lakers decided to do is find wherever Lou Williams is and attack him. Kyle Kuzma has been playing really good defense for them over the last few games. Um, you know, he's he's come in, and, and he's done a great job. He, he's figured out a way to contribute to this team. Um I, I, I like Lakers more than I like Clippers. I keep saying that. I just don't trust that the Clippers are going to be able to get through playing, you know, a handful of games over the entire season together. I just I don't buy it. It's it's never happened before. I don't believe I don't believe that. I mean, I, I like the Clippers a lot better than I like the Lakers. I think that even though they're on a good stretch, LeBron and uh, AD are doing a crazy amount of work in this in this stretch. The game that they lost was the only game that LeBron set, right? LeBron set, and they got smashed by Memphis, 105-88. I mean, they're all dependent on two players. If those two players have a bad game, if Anthony Davis, you know, goes out for his two quarters because he broke a fingernail or whatever, I think that it's heavily dependent on But AD what two players LeBron. do you like more than their two players? Because do you like Paul George and Kawhi more than you like AD and LeBron? I don't. No, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the depth. I, I think that the Clippers can survive Paul George going out much better than the Lakers can survive either one of them going out for any amount of time. The Clippers, I disagree. Like, you're, you're taking a lot from this one game. Yeah, they had a bad game. Every team, the Lakers have had bad games. The first game that they played the Clippers, the Lakers didn't play well. People are taking way too much from this one game. I just, I've seen enough. I, I like the names that they have, but we, we both know Reggie Jackson ain't shit. Reggie we both know that. Rolling a pick and roll. Reggie Jackson is a quality point guard coming off the bench. If you're starting him uh, and saying that, hey, Reggie Jackson, I need you to lead the team, nah, he's not shit. But you got him giving me 20 minutes a game, I take him over Rondo or Avery Bradley every day of the week. Even the little bit of games that he played with the Pistons before he came with the Clippers, he was like in the double double. <laughs> like 15 and yeah, 10. I- I'm not a believer. I'm not really a believer in their role players, is, is what I'm saying. I, I think, I think the, the names players, are one thing, but. I think they're we'll see it, at the end of the day better. i'm i'm looking forward to that matchup i hope that we see that in the western conference finals because um in, in my opinion i think i think the winner comes out of la i think that it's going to be either the lakers or the clippers i don't think that the the um i don't know that the bucks beat either of those teams uh and i'm not confident really in anyone else in the east i mean i just think it's going to be a really good playoffs and the way it's stacking up as of right now, which this could go either way, um, it looks like Houston is going to be on the Clippers' side, but it's it's like a one- or two-game gap between all these teams. Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, and Dallas, they're all, they're all in there. Like Houston can go anywhere from the 7 seed to the 2 seed in these last like 19 games. So we, well, all, we see that in the West a lot. I'm glad you brought up Houston because I was about ready to say I was wrong with them motherfuckers, but... I'm about ready to say I was right on these motherfuckers now because they, they, they've they lost four in a row, and it's not even that their system isn't working. They look like they are worn the fuck out. They just look tired, um, and that was part of my concern with them making the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's great. You can do this system for a couple games in regular season, but at some point, it's going to wear you down, and it again, this is more about what the, what the who I thought the Rockets were going to be. Um, now, am I expecting them to, you know, fall to the eighth seed? Absolutely not. I, st- I still think that they can get hot. 
um, and, and jump up to the four, maybe the three, but I'm not a believer in Houston uh, in the playoffs. I'm just not. And I, I believe that again now. I mean, you can keep going back and forth every time they go on win streaks and every time they don't. I mean, but what I've said is you you talk about Houston like this is the first time they've run this style. Like this is something new and improved that they're doing. Like this is what they've been doing for the last five years. They always have up and down stretch. They have stretches where they don't shoot well, which that's what they're going through now. Like the last four or five games, Harden hadn't shot well. And whenever Harden doesn't shoot well, he may be because he's tired, but he refuses to sit. Whatever the fact is. Or it's because he's been out gambling or fucking at the strip clubs. That's that's, that's the rumor of him. Got, you also got to look at the road trip where he's at. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That uh, Toronto towns, flu. Yeah, that Miami flu. The towns that he's visiting, man. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, this from, I've seen this story from the Houston. At any team in the Western Conference, the two teams, well, the three teams that I know what I'm going to get is I know what I'm going to get from Denver, I know what I'm going to get from Houston, and I pretty much know what I'm going to get from Utah. They're gonna be the same. I don't know if I don't know if Houston or uh, I, don't, I mean I don't know if Denver or Utah is gonna be great. I know they're gonna be tough. They're gonna run their offense. They're gonna do their things. But I don't know if they got what it takes in the playoffs when it when it comes to hitting that second level. I know that Houston can bullshit around and have losses in the regular season and still will be a tough out in the playoffs. I mean it's just D'Antoni is he's pretty he's pretty good at adjusting in the playoffs. And that ain't, that's not something we could have said when he was with Phoenix a long time ago. But when you get him in the playoffs, he's been pretty good at adjusting when they have a matchup. And that's the difference about being in the playoffs. And one of my biggest concerns about the Lakers in the playoffs is the fact that when you get that, I don't have to play Milwaukee and Dallas and Houston and Memphis these next four games. I only have to play the Lakers. I only have to see how to stop the Lakers. That's what I want to see. And I don't trust Vogel. I trust Doc Rivers. I trust damn near every other coach in the playoffs besides for Frank Vogel. Yeah, well, I don't And I, I definitely don't trust, trust that Clippers staff more. The only person I trust anywhere close to LeBron James is Kawhi Leonard. That's it. That's it. The rest of them fools, look, at the end of the day, and if I, if I, if I can, I'm going to go ahead and let out my inner Charles Barkley. Newsflash, America. There are but two teams in the Western Conference that can win a title. And that is the two L.A. teams. Denver is not getting through Houston, who they're, who they're slated to play right now. I would pick Houston over Denver. Um, I don't think Denver can beat either of the L.A. teams. I don't think Utah can beat either of the L.A. teams. Houston and OKC might be actually a fun matchup. Uh, I think Memphis probably wins in, or gets beaten five, probably gets swept. Um, and then, you know, Dallas is an interesting team to me, but – Luka Doncic has been taking a lot of weird injuries lately. Just dinged up here, messed up his wrist, his thumb, think, slapped around in the face. I think that's just the way of them getting him some rest, man. I think he's tired. <laughs> Maybe. I think he's tired. But with that, he you've seen a resurgence in KP. It's taken him all year, but now KP's kind of been dominant these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Not just on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, too, I mean, he's rebounding, he's shooting the ball well, and he could be a game changer with his versatility. Like, if the Rockets come up against Houston with KP playing like that, I mean, it's a wrap. I've always said that the Clippers are a bad matchup for him. But somebody like KP is like the worst of the worst matchups for him. Uh, A seven-foot guard, you know what I'm saying? It's just like back in the day if Dirk would have matched up against Houston. I mean, it's it's over, you know what I mean? But the difference is KP – is a shot blocker too so he can protect the rim he can shoot the three it's just there's no matchup for a kp so houston is a dangerous team uh, not houston i mean dallas is a dangerous team if they continue to play like they've been playing and as i've been saying all years all year people are really sleeping on their role players they have a good set of role players that do the job do the dirty work that could be a good team now i do think luca has to work on his shot selection a little bit more yeah, he's he, sometimes he gets a little carried away with some of the shit he does, but I mean, that step what do you back, have? that step back one leg shit is fun until you start doing that shit from thirty-seven feet for no reason. Right, I mean, but dude, get damn near a triple double every game. I mean, Luka Doncic, I mean, can't consider dude's incredible. Those man, I don't like when you're a point guard and you can't be dependable to go to the free throw line. That now that that's an issue. Way. That's an issue. I agree with you on that. I'm gonna um, tell you a team that we haven't been given enough love to. I mean, OKC Thunder, man. They yeah. just keep moving up. Just gradually yep. keep moving up. They're the fifth seed now. Chris Paul, man. <laughs> Chris Paul's got to be in the MVP conversation. Bro. He's not going to win it, nah, but he's, he's got to be in the conversation. It. But this is what the award is for. The award is for not the best team in the league. It's the it's the 
the player that impacts his team the most. And I can't believe that beginning of the year we thought this team was done. Hell, they're yep. doing just as good, and they're probably more consistent than they were last year with Westbrook and Paul George. Well, what do you know? Turns out that Billy Donovan ain't that bad of a coach when he ain't got to deal with egos and pettiness. Now, he does have to deal with one ego, and but I would say Chris Paul is about winning at Russell Westbrook. I mean, they're just different. I, I, I won't go into – I won't make this a shitting on Westbrook thing, but uh, they're just different. Well, it's, um, it's more of a basketball intelligence because I don't think that there was any problems between Donovan and Westbrook. But it's, it's different when you have a point guard that can see the court like the coach. Like he can see the vision of the coach just like the coach. So they're in, you're in line with your point guard. So it's something to be said for a coach and a point guard to be in line where he's out there – coaching on the court coaching when they come on the bench make holding everybody accountable for all of their actions and he's doing the dirty work too i mean my that- problem with okc is and they've got they've got the worst wings i've ever seen in in life um uh, starting yeah i mean you're talking about ferguson whoever l Dort Dort, is i don't even know who the hell uh, that is. yeah diallo uh terrence ferguson Gallinari is still balling when he's when he's out there, but other than that, ugh, it's um, Andre Robertson. Is he has he played? Is he still hurt? I don't think he's played this year. But I mean, you uh, still with that though, they're not. I mean, they're kind of out there just playing a role, usually spot up shooting well, because it's very unlikely that either Schroeder, Chris Paul, or uh, Shaq isn't out on the court together. So they do a good job right. of rotating those guards in and out. I think Chris Paul is usually there with like the the off-brand two guard and then you have a lot of shy and um schroeder together playing together so i don't think they feel that as much as you would think looking at the roster just because of the way they rotate the guards when chris paul's out there you know he's good with playing with players that maybe not as talented as you would think because he's going to get them in spots where they can be successful you don't got to worry about that so I, I mean i just like this okc team and they play hard they're going to be physical a fun matchup to watch would be OKC against Utah in the first round. I'd love to see that. I don't know the if Western every basketball is going to be – The Western General is going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the playoffs are going to be good this year um, on both sides. I mean, with the exception of, like, I mean, the 1-8 matchups on both sides probably not going to be fun for anybody. 2-7, same deal. But as you start to get into that 3-6, 4-5 matchup in, in each conference – um, that's gonna be some. That's gonna be. Those are gonna be great series. Um, I don't know about that two seven. Like I said, it depends on what happened in the West. Because uh, if it's the Clippers, maybe not. That just means the three six. But whatever Denver goes, Denver's gonna have a problem. <laughs> like me personally, I think whether Denver's two three or four, they're in trouble. And if if I'm Dallas, I'm trying to match up with Denver wherever they are. You know what I mean? So wherever I agree are, with you on that. I'm trying to find Dallas and match up with Dallas. I mean, match up with Denver if I'm Dallas. Right now, Denver is in the three seed. They're one game out of the two seed. I, that's that's the weak link, man. I think I think Denver, as much as they play good ball movement, like I said, they're just missing something. Now, I will say, um, Jokic has been dominant. He has been playing at the MVP caliber. But you still get those games where he's just 8-8-8. Eight, eight, and eight. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't assert himself enough on the offensive end for me to trust him. Michael Porter Jr. was hot for a little bit. Now he's went back down. Murray, you don't know which Murray you're going to get. You know what I mean? Gary Harris is super inconsistent, and they just lost Beasley. So this team. And they refuse to play Michael Porter Jr., um, who when he's on the floor, he just produces. Um, <laughs> I guess they're they're just like, ah, we're good. Maybe they played uh, him too many minutes and they, he got hurt again, so now they're concerned about him. He is that, them raw vegans. You got to watch out for them. I they mean, hurt their bones. He had a run and then got hurt <laughs> on some shit. He was out for like three weeks, so that's the problem. Um, Maybe try to save him for the playoffs as a, uh X-Factor. Let's go ahead and get into the, the that race for the eight seed. Race for uh, eight. In the West, um, I think Memphis is going to make playoffs. Um, they they do have the hardest schedule remaining, um, but they're getting their players back. Um, they expect both Justice Winslow and uh, Jaron Jackson back in the next week. Justice uh, Winslow back. I mean, it's just it's, it's just to see what he can do. But Josh Jackson's balling. Yeah. Um, you know, he he has really come come on strong in the last week, which I figure would happen if if there were an injury to. Um, 
the other Jackson boy, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Jaron, and um, yeah, but they they've been playing well. Um, New Orleans is four games back. Excuse me, is four games back. Sacramento and Portland and uh, San Antonio finally decided to you know duck out. Yeah, I think I think uh, we can go ahead and take even though it's close. I think we can go ahead and take uh, San Antonio and Phoenix out of the conversation and say this is a four team race at best. Yeah, um, and I, Portland. The the case for Portland, they're getting Nurkic back. They're getting Zach Collins is coming back, and uh, they're getting Zach Collins is that was false. Zach Collins is a is a ways away. Did they say he's done? No, they said he's a ways away from practicing. <laughs> oh, I heard reports that they were looking at him to practice in the next couple weeks. No, nah, they said Zach Collins is still a ways away from practicing. Oh, Nurk so he's out for the season. To, yeah, more than likely. Nurk, well, if they make it to the playoffs, he might can make it back. But Nurkic is supposed to make his day blue. And Dame is coming 15. back next week as well. But, I mean, I look at Memphis. I love what Memphis has done. I like how they got separation, even with uh, the injuries that they had. Um, that could have set them back. But they kind of got a, another game, game and a half lead with yep. that, those injuries. Now, a lot of that was because New Orleans dropped a couple of games that they shouldn't. Well, but, they lost three in a row. Yeah, but to go with that, though, New Orleans not only has the easiest schedule going forward, they've played the most difficult schedule in the NBA. So even sitting where they are without Zion, even to be in this position, it's kind of a miracle for them with all the injuries and everything that they went through this year. It is, but a four-game lead, is a that's a big lead with three not, weeks to not go. Not really. Because you got a four-game lead in two of those games you're playing Memphis. On the 21st and the 24th, they get to play Memphis. You can close two of those games just by winning those games. So they're right there. Now, um, that's why they're kind of in control of their own destiny because if they can take those two games from Memphis, essentially you're not looking at a, a, a four. I don't know what I don't know what the uh, record is for the season, but if you win the tiebreaker, you're, you're making up like two and a half games just in those two matchups to go along with Throughout these last 19 games, they only played two games as teams over 500. You know what I mean? And, you know, so they had everything is lined up for them and they were playing well. They just kind of hit a, a brutal stretch, but they can't lose games. Before they hit that stretch last week, they lost a home game to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. If they wouldn't have lost that, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have looked that bad, but you can't lose those games. Of course, you're going to struggle with the Lakers and get close, but you cannot lose the games to the Memphis Timberwolves and the bad teams. So if they can go on a run. First of all, the yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves, all right? What did I say? The Memphis Timberwolves. Oh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a question for you. Are you willing to give uh, Luke Walton his props? Uh, he's got these boys in, in the in the playoff race. They're 7-3 they're uh, in their last 10. Now, that said, he had a dumbass move last night by by keeping uh, Buddy Hield on the bench in a three point game. Um, but the the move to have Bogdan in the starting lineup and move Buddy to the bench has worked out. I mean, they've been they it took them a couple games to get going, but um, they they've been balling since that switch. Uh, it turns out he knew what the hell he was doing. Man, I don't know, man. Like on the one hand, I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he has he has. Been dealing with some major injuries. He's been trying to get the get the right lineup. You know, Fox was out of the lineup for a long time. Bagley's been out of the lineup. Uh, you also had Rashawn Holmes who came in and was playing very well, and then he's been he's been out of the lineup. So I guess the fact that he was able to still be in this position is a is a blessing. You know, it shows that he he is a decent coach. I think I still kind of knock him for even getting in this position in the first place. So I really don't know where I stand on Luke Walton, if I'm going to knock him for being in this position or if I'm going to give him credit for getting out of this position and playing through the injuries. That's kind of the difficulty with this team and puts him in a bad situation. See, but the, the interesting thing about Luke Walton is we've started to figure out that the Sacramento Kings, as you know, they, they kind of disguised the last season, threw us off the scent. We were like, well, uh, they're doing some good stuff over here, but we realized no expectations. What, yeah, you realize. Wait, oh no! Turns out Vlade Divac still an idiot. Uh, you know, it, the ownership don't like what he's doing. They're they're idiots too. Um, you know, so uh, the the front office is a mess. Um, we've talked about it. The Luke the Luka Doncic thing. I I never was for Bagley over Doncic. Um, but then apparently Doncic said he wasn't going to Sacramento, which may or may not be true. But um, you know, 
why not grab Trey Young? Why not grab Jaron Jackson? I mean, there were that was a deeper draft, and you chose the one guy who I mean, you know. And I'm not in, out on in Bagley. hindsight. Yeah, I'm not out on Bagley. When Bagley has played, he's shown that he's been old. I'm not out on him. I mean, but, I think I think as far as talent wise, if you couldn't get Luca, if that was probably the best thing for them, just because you. You probably don't want Trey Young and De'Aaron Fox on the same team. You don't make that decision. You just use. I don't know about that because you look at De'Aaron Fox playing with Malik Monk in in college, and that that was defensively. You got to remember Thibs was there before, right? Where? No, not Thibs. Uh, Who was the coach there before? Uh, Your boy Yoger. uh, Yeager. Yeah. Yeager. Yeager is. Yeah, but you don't draft him for the coach. I mean, again. But I mean, All we I'm know saying, we know he had a lot of pull in what what was going on, man. We seen the peak players that were being brought in. I mean, dude brought in Zach Randolph, so it's not like he wasn't making. But my point decisions. is, of all those top five guys, y'all picked the one that couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, so I don't, I don't knock him for that because I, I saw I saw Bagley in college. I probably would have went with Bagley too. Um, if you you know you went with they got they went eight and first. Then when it gets down, I didn't believe in Jaron Jackson. Like, Jaron Jackson's good. I still don't think Jaron Jackson is better than Bagley. The only thing that he's doing better to me is that he's staying healthy. But if and you he can't to, rebound and save his damn life. Yeah, that is you, my biggest frustration with him. If you give me Bagley and Jaron Jackson, I'll take Bagley every day of the week. Every day. Even with the injuries, I still – because Bagley's upside is way higher than Jaron Jackson. He's, he's pretty mm. pretty much like a 16 small forward. You just kind of knocking him because he's been injured. But when he, he plays – He's like in no, 15 to 15. Like, he's yeah, a I monster. Mean, you know, when he plays, he's good. But I, a lot of it, again, is the stats from his position don't really translate to wins so far. Um, so, I'm just – He can't stay on the court for you to say that. Yeah. That's the problem. I'm just, all I'm saying is I, I just keep I keep an eye on him. The jury's still out. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just I'm just waiting to see. It's his second year. Yeah, I need inter- to see more. I'm interested to see – that's why I want to give Luke Walton another year because they found something with Holmes, the way that Holmes plays, rebounds, hustles, and work hard. I hope they keep him and don't just throw him away. Uh, but if you can put Holmes with Bagley, I'm interested to see how they play together, and I think they could be a much better team next year. I really want to see what they do with Bogdanovich, though. How much is he willing to take? Can they keep him? Because if they don't keep him, then you kind of get a lineup that's in flux again because you're going to need a shooter. That's the problem. You have Buddy, um, but you you need more of a ball, like a creator beside Fox for some reason. I actually agree with that with the move of putting Buddy on the bench because yeah, because he's not really when, a creator. He doesn't create correct. for other people. He's just really and you don't, about. You yeah. don't really need that as a starting two guard when you have so many holes in your offense. Um, and I so I agree with him. Just coming in off the bench, I you got the green light, shoot it. Um, initiate the offense somewhat, but we need we need guys that can handle the ball and, and get to the hole, you know, starting. Well, they actually have a lot of weapons in their starting lineup, so you don't need someone that needs volume shots like Buddy Hill. You don't need that in the starting lineup. Like, Bogdanovich is a lot better because he's just like another point guard. Both of them can create, pass. Like, when you get Bagley in there, that's a crowded starting lineup with, with Bagley, um, uh, what's it, what's it, Harrison Barnes, you know what I mean? You have a lot of scores that need people to create for them and get them the ball as opposed to getting their own shot. So I like Bogdanovich being able to get people open and get shots for other people and Buddy just being a, a gunner off the bench. I think he's gradually growing into that role. Now the problem with that is when you come off the bench, you're not a guaranteed closer, and he leaves Buddy Hill on a bench a lot of times in close games when maybe you shouldn't. And I was about to say, and that that is my knock on Luke Walton is you got to know like just because this dude doesn't start the game, it doesn't mean he's not one of your best five to finish the game. But that's um, that's not the first time he's done that. He's done that a lot of times. But let's get into Portland, man. Um, Dame's Dame's coming back, but they still haven't made up the amount of ground. This team has been a real disappointment this year. Um, Nurkic is coming back, but. I mean, how effective is he going to be coming off this injury? Is he even in shape? Is that going to mess up the rotation with Hassan Whiteside? Even it's, it's funny that as good of a season that Hassan Whiteside is having and blocking shot, it comes on the cusp of them having the worst defensive season that they've had. Like, they're, they're terrible in defense. Even though Hassan Whiteside blocks a lot of shots, their defense is still trash, and they're blocking a lot of shots because he's terrible on the pick and roll. 
He's lazy as hell, man. Um, he's kind of just making up for his own mistakes and blocking shots, but even five blocks doesn't make up for all the other mistakes you make during the game. If you know, if if Portland was two games back, three games back, I would I could kind of see it. Man, they are four and a half games. No, they're five games out. They're five games out. Yeah. Um, that's just that's a lot. I, I, in nineteen you, in nineteen games. Yeah, that that's a lot. I I don't see you making up five. I mean, I, that would have to be. I mean, if anybody could do it, ah, you see, with Dame coming off injury, that's just the tough part because he's gonna need a couple games to get back in rhythm. Um, you know, CJ's been balling, but you know now he's gonna have to. Get, he's getting less touches, and now when you try to factor in, like you said, adding Nurk back into the mix, I just think there's too many moving parts to Portland, you know, being able to gain five grounds. The stats hadn't been equating to wins, and a lot of that goes back to what I said. The defense is so bad, you can't just outscore teams. The West is too deep. Even when you're playing a team like Memphis, you can't just go in there and think that you're going to outscore them. You know what I mean? You have to be able to play some defense, and that's the one thing they really miss with Nurk is that he's able to play the pick and roll and defend the rim. That that. That's why Miami got so much better when they got rid of Whiteside. Yeah, it looks good on the stat sheet, all those block shots, but it also hurts the guards when your rotations aren't right because you go on the pick and roll, Whiteside doesn't play it right, somebody goes and recovers, and then you're going to leave people on the outside to shoot the shots and get the defense all out of rotation. So until they fix their defense, it doesn't matter what Dame and CJ is going to do because they can't stop anybody. <laughs> I mean, so I, I just don't, I don't believe in Portland. Uh, Sacramento's been playing good, and Memphis. I mean, it's bet- to me, it's between Memphis and New Orleans. I mean, that's what it comes down to me. Can New Orleans really get on a run with this string of bad teams to catch Memphis? Can Memphis keep it up? Because one thing about it is, when you have players hurt, then you have other players come in. It's kind of harder when those players come back. They kind of mess up the rotation. Right. So is it seamless when these other players come back in and players like Melton and Josh Jackson that just play hard get less minutes? Is it going to be the same? You know what I'm saying? Are they going to miss a beat? Are they going to play as hard? Because right now they're in their, their playoffs start now. Memphis playoffs start now. New Orleans playoffs start now. And, boy, I tell you, boy, if Gentry don't make the playoffs, he's he's already fired. Probably, yeah, but. but no, I don't. I mean, again, the the I agree with you that playing Memphis twice in this last little stretch is going to help them. They've got to win both those games. I just don't really trust young teams, young teams to do the right thing like that. I mean, this is a surmount. I mean, it's not an insurmountable lead, but this is a pretty sizable lead that Memphis has. And Memphis just they they've got to be able to take their gimmies too, um, which they've struggled with. But I I like what I'm seeing out of Memphis right now. Jaws kept I, again. By the way, anybody making a case for Zion? For rookie of the year, once again, it's not a contest. Ja has kept this team afloat legitimately, even on games where he's not playing that well. He does. He plays defense. Um, he he does all the little things that helps Memphis win games when his shot isn't falling, which has become frequent. They have started to let Ja shoot the ball. As far as a, from a defense defensive standpoint, it's like eh, you can take that shot. And you know it's a, he's got to start making that shot. But the thing I love about Jaws, he when his shot's not falling, he goes to the cup. Um, so you know they're I don't setting know. the stage to screw him though. You realize? Oh, they are. They Especially are. if the New Orleans sneak into the playoffs and catch Ja, it's gonna suck. I mean, I would say I would hope that it would at least be co MVPs. Right. But I really feel like they are setting the stage because Zion's been playing well. Very well. He's been playing very well. Oh, take nothing away from Zion. Yeah, but at the he, end of the day, he hadn't played enough games. I mean, he hadn't even played half the but season. You know, what, you know what you're going to get, and this is the problem that I have with the media doing it. They get more national televised games. He's getting all the media love. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. on TV more. Like, Ja is quietly doing it. We know Ja. You know what I'm saying? We hear about Ja, but he's not getting nearly the publicity that Zion Williams is getting. And that that's that's what he's gonna run into is at the end of the day that's what people see it if if Zion happens to make the playoffs over Ja, it's a wrap. Yeah, which I mean, like I said, that's not that's not what the award is, right? And that that's that's the crazy part to me. But I agree with you. Is it gonna shock me if they give to Zion? No. Uh, do I think they should? Absolutely not. Well, no one cares what you think at the end of the day, especially Clearly. because you're a Grizzlies fan. You know, hey, I got to represent for the small market teams. You know what I mean? Um, so, you had to put money on it. 
who's going to make the eight seed in the playoffs? Man, somebody is getting crunk outside of my house right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that noise is. Man, I've been betting on them all season. I'm, I'm going to stick with New Orleans. I know they dropped some games, but I think in this last little three-week stretch, they're going to really get it rolling. And I think that having some easy, easy games in front of them, I think as the closer that they get to Memphis, they're going to start putting some pressure on Memphis. And like you said, uh, you don't trust young teams, but Memphis is a lot younger than New Orleans. New Orleans has some veterans, you know what I'm saying? They've had some players that have played longer seasons. So I think towards the end, New Orleans is going to edge them out. I think it's going to be close. But I think those two games in March 21st and March 24th are going to be big. I just think that Zion getting a feel for the game, they're kind of getting a feel for their rotation. They really need J.J. back. If they get J.J. back, I think that really will seal it for them. But I like New Orleans, man. Fun fact, J.J. Reddick has actually never missed the playoffs. If in this you game. say that goddamn stat one more time, I'm tired of hearing it. Everybody likes to say that stat over and over again. Who cares, man? It ain't like he's been the star player on any team he's played on. So, you know what I figured out? I actually like do this to my uh, fiance as well. I got her watching Living Single. And uh, so every time the show comes off, uh, comes on, you know, in the, in the, the intro, it's Queen Latifah. Yeah. And I never knew that it was Queen Latifah rapping and singing. I just always thought it was her rapping. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, shit, that's Queen Latifah. And so I start, now every time it comes on, I go, hey, babe. You know that's Queen Latifah singing too. She's so talented. And she just waits for it now, just so she can tell me shut the hell up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's my JJ Reddick take as well. Yeah, Essence. I went to Essence Fest and the Queen Latifah. They booked her. Queen Latifah literally did like a thirty-minute set of her just singing like Chicago show team tunes or some shit before she started rapping. And you know it's Queen Latifah. You gonna tell her she can't do it, man? <laughs> If you could go back to 1990, I don't know, one, would you have imagined that Queen Latifah and Ice Cube have, like, if, would you would you put money that these motherfuckers had the career that they have? Like, she right now, ice, like, if you... Ice-T, too. Ice-T. <laughs> if you told me, yo, these motherfuckers are going to be, wait, like, renowned actors? And, like, Grammy-winning jazz musicians in Queen Latifah's case? And, like, they, they're going to be household names and by 2020? I could believe Queen Latifah. I could, to some extent, believe Ice Cube, but Ice T, yeah, Ice T is the <laughs> biggest surprise for me because he was wild. Ice T was way wild. Like Ice Cube, Ice Cube did, you know, I, NWA. Ice Cube was too, man. That dude was. Yeah, but he was like when you hear him talking, you know, you seen him acting in like higher learning the movies. You could see him cross. Yeah, over. but Ice T was wild. You know, you know, we need to do, we need to go find out. We should have done this for Black History Month. We need to make a list of of the best black movies of that era. Probably like you know what I mean, like the late eighties to yeah. to early to mid nineties. Because I forgot all about Higher Learning, Do the Right Thing, Belly, Juice, like all that stuff. We need to go yeah. back. It's a thousand of those lists out there. It, yeah, but you know what I mean. I don't read those. I need to go back and watch them. All right, man. In the store, in the show, let's do a quick buy or sell. Buy or sell. All right, so I'm gonna start off hitting you with Miami Heat were really hot. They were getting a lot of love. They've been kind of slumping. Andre Iguodala trade hadn't really been working out like they thought it would. Surprise. Buy or sell the Miami Heat getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Who they who they slayed to play? Let's take like a look. Fourth. Aren't they with the Pacers or somebody right now? I mean, I have to check. So yeah, right now they're they scheduled they slide to play the Pacers. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not really a believer in anyone past three in the East. Uh, Miami's terrible on, on the road. God, they are flat out awful on the road, and that's going to be a problem. Um, and Indiana's just as yeah, if they, they play the, Indiana, if they get the four seed, that works to their benefit. <laughs> yeah, no, no. If they get the three seed, it works to their benefit because of Philadelphia. No, well, I'm talking about like them being able to win at home because you know oh, four seed. I was gonna say because Indiana's good on the. I mean, Indiana's fucking good. Yeah, uh, but, what, but what we didn't touch on is Malcolm Brogdon is probably out for the season. Uh, Victor Oladipo is struggling with a hamstring injury, which. Makes sense coming back off the injury that he had. But with Malcolm Brogdon being out, and now you're starting like Aaron Holiday. I think Doug McDermott's been hurt. TJ uh, Warren's TJ been hurt. Warren. Yeah. So 
that team is coming in limping. I don't know how healthy they're going to get before the playoffs. Lance Stevenson on the way, though. Please. I don't know how healthy those dudes are going to be able to get before the playoffs. And it's kind of funny because I asked you that question because I'm looking. If they can stay in the four seed, they actually have favorable matchups based on the season. Now, I know you wouldn't think that the Milwaukee Bucks would be favorable for them. But if you're looking at the regular season, they're they're well, a favorable matchup for Miami. It's special. Well, I mean, wait, in the playoffs or in the regular season? I mean, you talk, I, I don't know what they're going to do in the regular season. You can assume that Milwaukee's going to get a lot better in the regular season, but we don't know. All I can go off is the regular season. During the regular season, Miami's been a touch, tough matchup for Milwaukee. Well, Giannis is hurt right now, so that's you know this kind of reminds me of, of uh, no, no. That's... Every time they play, Giannis has been healthy. Giannis is hurt now. No, 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 no. I just mean in terms of Milwaukee's uh, uh, going forward, because it, it depends on how hurt that knee is. It kind of reminds me of Steph right before the playoff in 2016. But to answer your original question, I'll buy the Heat getting out of the first round. I think they're a good enough team to to, to get out the first round. Uh, depending on on like you said, Indiana's a good team, uh, but they're reeling. I think they can beat Philly, um, and then once you get to the next round, that's going to be where, where where trouble starts to arise for them. And we talk we talk a lot about the Western Conference playoffs, but if you look at the Eastern Conference playoffs, right now it's geared up for some good matchups in the second round, and even the first round, because if you look at it, Miami against Indiana, you get Boston against Philly, you know what I mean? And then you get into the second round, if you get that, uh, Miami versus Milwaukee. Like I said, those have been very, very good games. The versatility of Bam kind of gives Giannis, Giannis a lot of trouble. Not that he doesn't get his buckets, but that 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 matchup right there gives Giannis some trouble because he can move with Giannis. Um, then you'll get Toronto either against Philly or Boston. I think we both believe that it'll be Boston. So I mean, that's that's a really good that's some really good playoffs that we're gonna get to see. Yeah. I agree. I got one for you. Go. Buy or sell, and we may have talked about this before, but what they don't know, don't hurt them. <laughs> Bradley Bill is this generation's Tracy McGrady. I will sell. I think uh, Bradley Bill, like the one thing about Tracy McGrady, I, I don't know, man. I think Tracy McGrady did more for his team than Bradley Bill. You know what I mean? Has Bradley oh, Bill wait, taken wait, wait. The... Sorry. I, let me clarify. I think Tracy McGrady is 10 times better than Bradley okay, Beal. Then, then what, what, I just what mean in terms of the best player on the team that's just a great score, probably gets you to the first round, not this year, but other years, <laughs> um, gets to the first round of the playoffs, scores a lot of points, but he's bounced. He's not making it out of the first round ever. Sale. I'm not giving Bradley Beal that type of respect. We, I, Hard I mean, sale. I'm kind of violating for even putting him in the same breath as T-Mac, to be <laughs> yeah, honest with T-Mac, you. Uh, T-Mac was like, now, I, now Bradley Beal's been cooking, but you got to remember, T-Mac cooked for like a long time. I can't give Bradley Beal the respect just because he's cooking for one season. T- he's been a T-Mac, lot of players. T-Mac remind me of young me, man. That dude was incredible. <laughs> um, you mean when he messed up both his knees and could barely walk? <laughs> yeah, that, that does remind me of you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Buy or sell LeBron James winning the MVP? I buy it, man. He should be. I mean, I, I hate on him a lot, but what he's doing do. this season, like like I said before, I think that this is the best version of LeBron. I think this is the version that LeBron always wanted to be, like a point guard on a team with a player like Anthony Davis. Yeah, you had Kevin Love on the team, but, I mean, you're throwing it to him to the three-point line and you're relying on him to hit threes. When he can just go to the rim and throw it up to dudes to dunk, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. So his point guard skills, the way he sees the ball, he looks refreshed. And I'm anxious to see what he does in the playoffs. But, yeah, I definitely think. I mean, he took this Lakers team and made them the number one team. We got to remember, this this team didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you add Anthony Davis, but you didn't add a lot else. You know right. what I mean? It's not right. like, it's not it's, like you, you created a super team over yeah. here because they definitely not that. I mean, the Clippers kind of stacked that whole roster on top of a, a good AC team. You know what I mean? So they added two All-Stars. But LeBron added AD and a bunch of other dudes. You know what I'm saying? So what LeBron has done, how he's done it, the way he's doing it, isn't he, like, leading the league in assists or something? Yeah, he's still leading the league in assists right now. Again, <laughs> so LeBron James right now for 2019. You look at points, rebounds, assists. Like, I this mean, dude is balling. He's averaging uh, 25 Basically 26, 8, and almost 11 yes. right now. 
Yes. Uh, and for the number one team in the West, and literally without him, they in they his seventeenth season. Like I said, he's they get a steep drop off without him. Like if Anthony Davis doesn't play, they can survive. If LeBron doesn't play, I don't know if they score ninety points. So I had once again. I was I was having this argument with some friends of mine. They some deep rooted haters. I'm talking about deep rooted LeBron haters. Jordan lovers, no matter what this motherfucker do, he's never gonna be Jordan. Um, to the point to where it was just like I was laying out the facts, and I was like, "What would it take for for people to if LeBron wins the title this year, people are still gonna be like, well, what would it take for him to pass Michael Jordan?'" And somebody said be Michael Jordan. And it's like, <laughs> at this point, though, statistically, even though it's like it would be four rings versus six, whatever, this dude would have been to 10, tie, or 10 finals, four rings, and he owns every right. statistical thing after that, though. And he played, the stats is a little skewed because he played for 17 years and he came out of high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what? I mean, that skews the stats. I mean, but... But I, oh, I agree. And we gonna oh and Michael took an additional two years. He took off four years of his career too because he retired all, twice. You didn't get you didn't even get all of MJ's prime. He could have went eight in a row, eight titles in a row. You Man, okay, I still will never buy that argument. <laughs> hey, eight in a row. I still no. think I still think the first year he took off, they would have had real problems with Houston. I agree. Houston would have been a real problem with them. Houston had dominated them. Um, so in the regular seasons, they just got lucky enough where they didn't get a chance to match up with Houston because of Houston's. But yeah, I think Houston would have gave him some real problems. But I think that he would have came back and they'd have won. So I think they would have at least had he would have had seven rings as opposed to six. But Maybe that's neither but, here nor there. Yeah. But what I I would say is if LeBron wins a ring with LA, he's my number one player. He's gonna jump Michael Jordan. For me, gotta be. I, I mean, I, what, what three rings are, with three different teams? That's you went to a you 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 brought Cleveland back from never being anything. You won the first title that Cleveland ever had against the all-time great dynasty. Then you go to the Lakers when they're complete trash. You give them a championship. Like Lakers hadn't made the playoffs in six years, bro. Yeah, you mean you resurrected the Lakers from the dead. So yeah, I I mean I think you got to give them that respect. And and but like two. You and I are of the MJ era. We are MJ dudes. Like, we're going to watch this documentary and going to conclude that MJ is still the best ever. Like, okay. But, again, if I want to know. If this documentary come off after the title, I might change my mind. I just want to put that right here right now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that, we still Jordan, okay? But I want people to understand, like, for these Jordan fanatics who can't be swayed, some somebody's going to do it, man. Like, somebody is going to surpass Jordan. And, and in 20 years... They're going to look at the 80s and 90s like you and I look at the 60s. You're going to look gonna at Jordan like, like you look at Magic. Because it, before, no, every, everybody thought that nobody could surpass Magic. There was people forever saying that Jordan would never be as good as Magic because Magic was right. a team player. Now we look back like, Magic, he all right. But, yeah, but no, no, you do that, not me, you. I don't they gonna, Magic. They, they going to look at Jordan like we look at uh, Bill Russell. They gonna like, yeah, I bet he was great playing with nothing but white guys. Uh, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna go that far. I Couldn't give dribble with his left hand. I give him magic. I ain't gonna go back to Bill. What, what they say? Jordan playing against plumbers and uh, <laughs> and, and teachers. That's that like garbage my, uh, man. Os- that's not like my Oscar Robertson argument. He playing with factory workers that got part time jobs, smoking cigarettes Yo, at halftime. But the, but the young bucks say that about the younger generation. They like Larry Bird drink beer every day. You know what I mean? Like he playing against he playing against uh, garbage men and, and uh, construction workers, man. Well, I mean, Larry Bird did hurt his back. Laying down concrete in his driveway. See, so. see, <laughs> motherfuckers ain't doing that today. You got uh your boy uh Carl Malone out hunting. You know what I'm saying? Well, so. Carl Malone ain't been heard from since he left the NBA. Ain't yeah, no telling what he out there doing. Carl Malone probably got a cabin somewhere in Utah in the woods. He probably ain't even got sales service out there. No, nah, or he like he might be like Bison Dele. Somebody just, he just disappeared one day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, too soon. All right, man. Anything before we get out of here? Nah, man, that's it, bro. Two Smart Network. We got. We have added to the lineup the Suburban Dad. Um, the sexy the Suburban Dad. The sexy Suburban Dad. <laughs> uh, when the Smoke Clears is back. Um, you know, 
that's where we at right now. We rock and roll. We got a couple more coming to you. We we we're gonna be flooding you guys with content. Blogs still. We we working on the blogs, y'all. You keep saying that. You know, I I got I, I got writer's <laughs> block right now. You so you know, block. at some point I I'll get it. Uh, but other than that, check us out TwoSmartNetwork.com uh, You can find us on Instagram at TwoSmartNetwork TwoSmartNetwork The number two Smart Network You can find us at two smart dummies At the number two smart dummies uh, The network You can find all the links to social media And other platforms On www.2Number2SmartNetwork That's it, that's all Peace Peace